I'm gonna tell you a story. What is up? Welcome to this episode of Unsubscribe. I almost said this week's episode, but who in the goddamn fuck am I lying to? Um, it has been at least a month. I know that for a fact, it has been at least a month. Um, let me tell you where I have been. Because it's a doozy. If you've read the title, and you know anything about MRSA, or as me and the gang affectionately call it, MRSA, um, you'll know how, uh, how great my, my past month has been. Um, also, let me, let me go ahead and say this right now, because you're gonna hear that a lot throughout this episode. You're gonna fucking hear it. Um, MRSA. <laughs> MRSA. Anyway, okay, so... Let's, let's, um, let me take you back to July, like the 1st of July, um, new month, 4th of July is coming up, you know, everything's all grand, pool parties and summer shit and everything's like, just peak, peak nice, peak niceness. And I notice, I notice a small spot on my side. My left side, right beside the navel, not right beside. Like, on, on the side of my torso. I notice a spot, and it's, it's a little itchy. And I'm like, okay, I got a bug bite. Like, it is summer, there are bugs everywhere. I have a bug bite, that is a thing that happens. Well, that one little spot that was itchy started to burn quite a bit. And I was like, oh, it's a little swollen. This isn't fun. This is quite the bug bite, is it not? And all this took place within maybe two days. So then it turned into a little cluster. A little clusterfuck of little bites. And I was like, oh my god, what is happening to my body? And so at this point, it is the 4th of July. And there, there's just a cluster of little bites on my side. And so I'm like, this is not good. If it were one or two bug bites, it would be one thing. But a cluster, this is concerning. I am terrified. I need it to not be what I think it is. Because if it is that, my world is over. I do not need that. So I call my mommy. And I say, mommy. I need your kind I need your comfort. I need your wisdom. I need something. Here's a picture of the little cluster on my side. What do you think it is? And she says, Oh, that's bed bugs. That's bed bugs. Absolutely. Uh you brought bed bugs into your house from your dirty ass job, and then they're gonna spread and your neighbor's gonna get them, and everyone's gonna know it's you, and you're gonna get evicted, and you're gonna die. Sad, painful, lonely death. And I was like, Thanks. Love that. Now, here's the thing that's interesting. Obviously, spoiler alert, is not bug bites. But as much as I fucking hate the fact that it's MRSA, um, I would rather it be MRSA than bug bites. Straight up, not even gonna lie. I would literally rather have went through, have gone through everything that I did, um, than it be bug bites. Or fucking bed bug bites. Like I, 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 I'm glad it happened this way and not that way. As 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 weird as that sounds. So at this point, I am not entirely sure what it is, but um, 
I have to find out. I have to figure it out. And so I'm like, okay, let me check my house. Let me make sure that everything is up to snuff. Let me be proactive. So anyway, the 4th of July happens and I'm like showing my friends, my coworkers. I went to a coworkers for 4th of July and I'm like, look at my side. What do you think this is? And she was like, I don't know. That looks, that looks interesting. So anyway, hold on. Let me back up. Okay. I'm probably going to say, let me back up a lot in this because the timeline is fuzzy because it has been quite a bit ago, I guess, kind of. And I didn't tell the story until just now. So let me back up. Me and my partner in crime decided to host a 4th of July, even though it was like the 3rd or 2nd or something, cookout thing. And it was super cute, if I do say so myself, because we have little grills in the apartment complexes. So she was grilling brats and I made deviled eggs, which were fucking fire. Um, They were gone within the hour because I'm fucking great at what I do. Um... We both are. We're great at what we do. Anyway, so we hosted a thing at my apartment complex, which is super cute. Listen, I have never been able to be that person who was like, Mommy and Daddy, would you guys like to come over to my place? We're going to have bratwurst and deviled eggs and potato salad. Like, come visit me and my place and what I'm doing. I don't do things like that. I don't entertain. So this was new and different. And I got to see somebody who I hadn't seen in a very long time, who I have mentioned quite a few times, on this podcast, shout out Gage, I love you. Anyway, what do you mean by his name? Well, I don't know. Maybe his name is Gage. Maybe it's fucking measurement. Maybe it's um size. Anyway, that was so stupid. Okay. Anyway, so I got I got to see people. I got to gather a few of my friends. My sister and her boyfriend came. It was just lovely. It was just a lovely event. But during like close to the end of that event, I started to feel a little feverish, started to feel a little sick. And I was like, I'm just really tired. Like I had no idea that it was connected. Sorry, I was like holding back a yawn. I had no idea that it was connected at all to whatever was going on. I just thought I was really tired. So anyway, the next day I went to the 4th of July thing. And I do want to say that if I had known, um, by the way, I say I felt feverish, but I checked my temperature that day and it was fine. And I checked it multiple times. So I didn't think I had a fever or anything like that. So that's why I went to that thing afterwards. Because I do want I do want to say if I thought it was contagious, I wouldn't have shown up to somebody else's house while they were doing a party the next day. And nobody got sick after that anyway. So if you're going to call me a bad person, uh, my dick is right below the navel. You can go ahead and suck on that. So um, I went to that thing and she was like, wow, that's interesting. I'm not quite sure what it is. Um... You should get it looked at. Looks like some kind of bug bite, but I'm not sure. I said, all right, cool. So I go to the urgent care. This is where it all begins. So I go to the urgent care. And this lady takes two second glance at my side and says, those are trigger bites. I said, I don't think so. She said, yeah, no, they're trigger bites. I know trigger bites. Those are trigger bites. I said, how how would this have happened? And she said, well, were you like rolling around in a field? I said, no. She was like, okay, well, were you swimming around in a pond? I was like, no. And she was like, okay, well, do you go out and like pet a lot of the fucking forest animals or whatever the goddamn fuck? And I was like, dude, I don't go outside. No, none of this shit is a thing. And she was like, well, here's some ointment. And I said, now, nah, hold on. These are spreading. 
Because at first, a couple of days ago, it was a cluster. And now, it is slowly colonizing my entire left side. So please do me a favor and take not a two-second glance, but a five, maybe, dare I say, an eight-second glance. And actually look at my body and tell me what is going on. And she said, nope, those are sugar bites. Here's an ointment. Take two of these. Call me in the morning. So I said, fine. You're the professional. Even though I think you're riggedy riggedy wrong, I will still go to Kroger and pick up this stupid ointment and take it home. So I did. A few days, I was using this religiously, and it just wasn't helping, and the shit just kept spreading. And I was like, what the damn is this? So I go to the urgent care for a second time. And this lady, this is a different lady. I like this lady. She actually looked at me. Like, really looked at me. Like, she was like, I want to see every spot that you've got on your body. Drop trout, do a little spin, dab at the end. I'm trying to see all of it. And I'm like, bet. Let's motherfucking go. Striking them poses. Doing that little photo shoot. You know what I'm saying? Winking at every camera. Doing the little finger guns. Like, I was in it to win it, okay? And there was a thousand ways, okay, to skin it. Anyway, so, um... She looks at me and she says, this looks like a really, really bad staph infection. Do you know what would have caused this? And I was like, I have negatory. I have, I have no idea. There's, there's not a, I do not know. And she said, okay, well, this looks like it could be MRSA. This looks like a staph infection. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to prescribe you Bactrim. Take it. See if that helps. And I was like, thank you. And she genuinely sounded like concerned. And I was like, well, your little colleague, Joey Ann over there, motherfucking bitch ass hoe, said it was chigger bites. I ain't say it like that because I'm a fucking cutie patootie. I'm a little sweetheart. And uh, so she was like, yeah, no, these are not chigger bites. She was a fucking idiot. She didn't say it like that either. But I took the liberty of saying it for her because I am an angel. I'm a fucking saint. Anyway. So. I'm taking these, right? Taking these, taking these antibiotics. And I guess they're kind of working because progress. Oh, oh, I do want to say, I do want to say very quickly. If you are someone who is squeamish and you don't like, I love how I'm putting a warning in 10 minutes into this podcast, 10 minutes in, and I'm giving you this warning. I am the best host um, as I play with my chains. If you are not okay hearing about skin regularities, fluids, fucking pustules, legions, any, any descriptive, you know, any details about yucky skin stuff, don't listen to this episode. Fucking stop. Turn it off. I won't be offended if you don't want to hear about the pus oozing from my body, I will not be offended. Don't get mad at me if you continue to listen to this and you're like, oh my god! No, fuck you, I told you. You knew better. Anyway, so I'm taking this Bactrim and things are, things are moving along more than they were. So I'm like, okay, I guess, is it working? I don't know because I'm not a medical professional. Um, and I don't know how things like this are supposed to go, but I know that I feel sick as a dog. Um, every lump that I 
fucking have is so big and swollen and tender that I cannot move. I cannot walk. Um, let me talk about my lumps for a moment because they, they got bigger and lumpier and there were more of them. And I affectionately called them my lovely lady lumps. Check it out. So, um, let's see. Let me, let me see if I, let me see if I remember. I have to, I have to look at like pictures and fucking just look down basically. Um, and see if I can remember all of my lumps. So first, first of all, there was one on my inner thigh, like right next to my crotchular area, um, that I also affectionately called my third ball. And then as he grew and grew and grew, I had to manspread. Uh, I had to walk in a very weird way as to not upset Mr. Third Ball. And then when I sat, I just sat like a man because this giant lump on my thigh was in so much pain and it was like solid. Um, so anyway, uh, as he grew, he went from my third ball to Lord Ballington the third. Um, so there was, there was that. He was probably one of my biggest, actually. Um, so this thing, this, this staph infection, whatever the hell it is or was, we're still not entirely sure, uh, had spread a considerable amount. It spread to my left arm. Thank God it wasn't, like, on or in my, like, genits. Like, thank fucking God. Thank God it didn't make it to my face. Like, I'm so glad that this wasn't any worse than it was. Like, the worst, the worst one was probably Lord Ballington. Um, the third. I'm very sorry. I must, I must include that. Anyway, I had, I had names for quite a few of them, and now I can't remember them. I want to say the ones on my back were Becky and, fuck, you know what? You know, I should have, I should have written the names of my children down somewhere, but I had just, I had just named them one day. Um, and I never documented it because I'm a bad mother. Um, but I do know that three and four were on my arm. They were not the third and fourth ones that showed up. They just felt like a three and four thing. Like they were twins. They were a duo. And my, or maybe it was four and five. No, I think it was three and four. I don't know why I gave them those number names, but I did. Um, anyway, so the one, the main one, the one that started it all on my side uh, turned out to be this big old bruise. Like it was just this big dark area. And so I named it Bruce because it looked like a bruise. Come on. Come on now. Um, come on now. Oh, 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 let me back up. I made a playlist. Well, no, let me not. <laughs> let me not talk about that yet. Let me get to that. I should just edit this and make it more like understandable like I should edit all this out and make it what what is it chronological or fucking something like but I'm not gonna do that this is gonna be a jumbled mess because my body right now is a jumbled mess so fucking welcome okay so yeah urgent care second time probably MRSA that whole thing thank you for actually fucking looking at me unlike your stupid ass coworker. love it cash top quality content well crabs Things things still weren't working the way that maybe they should have. I don't know how they should have. I'm not a professional. But I decided uh, to go to the urgent care mm, for a third time. 
Why did I keep doing this to myself? I don't know. I guess I just wanted to hear a third opinion. I guess I just wanted to see how many things they could throw at me, how many suggestions, how many different answers I would get. At this point, it's almost just like a game. I'm just going to go to the place every day, like a little advent calendar. I just want to hear all the things that you diagnose me with and make a lovely little list. Like, So I go for a third time. And I say, hey, this sounds a lot more like what it is. It's not fucking chigger bites. It's probably a very bad staph infection. This is what I was given. What is supposed to happen now? What do I need to do? How do I, first of all, how do I figure out what this actually is? And second of all, how do I fix it? And this guy, because it was a guy this time, looked at me and said, oh, you know what I think it is? I think it's folliculitis. I said, what? He said, maybe, maybe you had like an ingrown hair that got infected and maybe your hair follicles are just like inflamed. And I was like, my hair follicles are inflamed. Folliculitis. Okay. So at this point, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I already missed a couple of days of work because I was feeling, and I keep saying feeling feverish because I checked, I bought another thermometer because the first one I thought might have been wonky. And the second one also said that I had a low to normal temperature the entire time. So I say felt feverish, but apparently never had a fucking fever. Interesting. Okay. So I just felt like shit for no reason. Cool. So my friend knows about this. My bratwurst making partner in crime knows about this. My mommy knows about this. A few people know about it. And every single one of them tell me that I need to go to the ER. Now me, I'm like, no. Sure, my body is literally covered in bandages right now. Um, that the lovely, the loveliest people in my life got for me. Um Again, humbling. I don't know if I said this already. This is the most humbling experience that a person like me could ever have. And let me tell you why. You are a strong, independent, powerful-ass motherfucking woman who can do everything yourself until you need somebody to change the bandages on the lesions that are on your back because they are doing things that they shouldn't be doing and you cannot see or reach them. I mean, you can reach them because you can reach every spot on your back, but it's kind of hard to put a Band-Aid like on a spot on your, I don't know. It's weird, especially because like you don't know exactly, because I can't, I can't see what's going on back there. I'd have to contort myself in a mirror and then try, like, it's just confusing. It's just confusing. So anyway, so the the ugly it is the ugliest thing first of all not like yes it feels like shit every every part of my body was in so much pain every lovely lady lump was just not happy but also it was the ugliest shit ever okay spongebob's mom right that's what i look like i look like spongebob's mother right now. Okay. It was not, it was not lovely. So as I stand there staring at my very spotty body, spotty, um, shout out Owen Rogers, fucking Scotty. It's my favorite thing. Anyway, 
when 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 you look when you look at what you've got going on and you hear a voice from outside of your bathroom door say, well, just let me help you put the ointment on it so that they feel better. And you're like, no, don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Like, because it's just so ugly. And then, and then that sweet little voice is like, it's fine. Just let me help you. Like, it'll be okay. I just want you to feel better. And you'll feel better if someone helps you put the ointment on the little lumps that maybe you can't reach. And I was like, you're not touching my lumps. Step away from my lumps. So, anyway, you're a strong, independent ass woman until you have to open the door reluctantly and be like, hey, will you do me a favor? Will you put this ointment and band aid on the lumps that I can't reach? And then they walk in and they're like, I thought you would never ask. And then you have to stand there as they're putting ointment on the loveliest of lady lumps. Check it out. Now here's the thing, I have videos, I have videos. If you want to see videos of like my lesions, like my leaking lesions, I will show you. Just like send me a message and be like, send me those videos. Cause I love shit like that. The first thing I told her was, hey, if it's doing what I think it's doing, here's my phone, I want videos. And she's a fucking trooper, she did that shit. She was like, okay, and I know she doesn't love stuff like this, but she did it. She did it anyway, and at one point it was really funny because she was like, huh? and then she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That was so rude. I'm so sorry. I was doing so good. I said, honey, you don't need to apologize for shit. This is gross. Like, this is disgusting. I'm not offended because you're grossed out by what is happening right now, and honestly, I'd love it if you made that sound again because it was really funny and I need some comic relief right now. So anyway, she's taking videos as she's helping me out. And if you want them, I will send them to you. If you're disgusting like me, I've got your back, Jack. I'm, so, I'm gonna go back to that thermometer thing real quick though because like, here's the thing, right? I couldn't regulate my body temperature for a week. I was burning up hot or I was freezing anus cold like I was not comfortable everything hurt I was I woke up in puddles of sweat and I was just like shivering and my thermometer was like no you're fine fuck you how is that even possible I'm I'm still so confused anyway okay so so the 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 main people in my life who I were speaking to my my best friend well one of my best friends who I speak to every single day, my mama, and then my partner in crime, all of these people were like, Kai, you need to go to the ER. And I was like, no. Like, yes, this sucks, but this is not an ER situation. I'm not dying. I'm not having a baby. I'm not fucking like, I, like this is not an emergency. It just sucks really bad. And all I need is somebody competent to diagnose me and get me the right medication so I can just get on with my life and these things will disappear within like a week or two and it'll be fucking great. It'll be fine. Well, eventually I caved because I was like, I'm going to go to work. And <laughs> I felt like shit. And I was like, but I have to, I have to go to work. I have to go to work. And uh, everyone around me was like, you're fucking stupid, Kai. Go to the fucking emergency room. So I finally, I was like, hey, will you take me to the emergency room? And so I went 
to the ER. Now listen, I hate the ER. I hate everything about it. I hate the drive to the ER. I hate the parking lot. I hate all the crazy doors and the paperwork and the question. I hate everything about the ER and I was pushing it off for a reason. We couldn't even find the one that we meant to go to. So we ended up just going to the one next to it because that was the one that we could like find the door to get in because the shit was so confusing. We were walking around for so long and Lord Ballington was on fire. I'm so sorry. Lord Ballington the third was on fire. And so like, we're just like, okay, we're just going to go into the first door that we find and we'll figure it out. So now I'm in the ER, right? And I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting in this room and they don't know what I have. And they're just kind of looking at me and they keep leaving and they're like, okay, we're going to be back. We're going to look at you again. We're going to, we're going to figure this out. And my mommy is like, Hey, if you, if you get admitted, let me know so that I can come visit you. And I said, mom, you do not have to leave your town to come to my town and visit me. I'm not going to get admitted. Like, this is not like a big thing. They're just going to look at me and these people will actually know what it is and tell me what it is and give me the right antibiotic and I'll go. Well, that's not what happened. That night, I was admitted because they had no idea what it was. And not only did they not know what it was, they did not know how contagious it was. So they took me into a private room um, where I would then be isolated for a week. Now, here's the thing, though. At this point, they thought that maybe it was monkeypox. Uh, it is not monkeypox, by the way. They thought it, they were like, maybe it's monkeypox. We have no idea what the fuck it is. Like, we have to, we have to isolate you. We got to, we got to get you out of the public. Like, you're gonna be here for maybe you're gonna stay overnight, basically, right? So I'm already spoiling the fucking story because I'm a horrible storyteller. Um, so yeah. They were like, you're going to be here overnight. And I was like, holy shit, like I've never been. Now, at this point, I'm excited, right? Because it hasn't set in the fuck shit that is going to happen to me this week. None of that, none of that has set in. None of that is real yet. So I'm like excited. I'm like, I get to spend overnight in a hospital. I, that's never, that's never been a thing before. Like, this is so weird. Look at me in my little top bun and my hoops and chains, and my little hospital gown. Like, oh, like it's never been me. I don't really, I don't really. Well, they say that my mama cannot come and visit me because I am in isolation and might be contagious. So night one, right? Night one. Um, I meet some of the nurses. I kind of talk to them. They're all in this special like PPE because they don't know what I've got. And it's really funny. And I'm just like, oh my God, like I'm so scary. Look at me. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You know, and it's, it's like, it's, it's all fun and games. It's all fun and games when you get to sit in a hospital and just watch TV with your girlfriend while people are freaking out in the door next to you talking about, I don't know what it is. Like, it's just kind of funny. Um, I don't know. Oh yeah, by the way, my partner in crime is my girlfriend. Uh, it's been like a couple of months. Okay, so we're chilling, right? We're chilling in this, in this emergency room. I look over at her. I'm like, I guess I should call into work tomorrow, huh? <laughs> and she was like, can I be honest with you? I said, yeah. She said, when you asked me to take you to work yesterday, I wasn't going to take you to work. I said, what the fuck are you talking about? She straight said I was going to make a wrong turn somewhere and be like, I don't know. I guess we're lost. We're going to have to go home. Like, I, I wasn't going to fucking take you to work because you felt like shit. And I just wasn't trying to make it worse. And I was like, well, 
I feel like I should be a little mad about that, but like also I'm here. So I have a selfie that I sent to my team lead and I was like, LOL, don't fire me. I'm in the hospital and I've been admitted and I'm going to be here overnight. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was cute. It was a cute little, it was a cute little time. Um, so the, you know, yeah, the first night's cute, right? Now here comes day two. Day two was not as cute. Day two, there was no communication. Every doctor, every nurse came in there asking me the same questions. Um, and I was like, is there not like a chart or something? Like, don't you guys, you know, listen to the questions, like the answers when I answer? Like, don't you listen to my answers and then write them on a chart somewhere and then you all look at them? Isn't that like a thing? Why are you all coming in here and asking me the same? Okay. You know when you go to McDonald's and you order something? And then you go to the front window and they're like, hey, what was your order? And you tell them. And then you go to the next window and they're like, hey, what was your order? And then you tell them. And you're like mildly frustrated, but you're also, hopefully, you have enough sense to know that sometimes the systems are down or they're understaffed or, you know, something's going on. So you're not a dick about it, but you're just like, God, it is mildly frustrating that I just had to say my order three times, right? Now imagine that they do that thing where they're like, hey, your drink isn't done yet. We're going to have to have you pull over to that first window over there. So then you go to that first window and then they're like, hey, what was your order? And you're like, oh, this is slightly more mildly frustrating. But you tell them your order. And then they're like, oh, shit, okay, we're going to have to ask you to go in that first parking spot because things are just not going well today. And you're already late for work. But you're like, I paid for this frappe. I want this frappe. So you sit in, in the first little parking spot. And then somebody comes up to you and says, hey, what was your order? Like, and you're just like, mm, you know, that feeling, that feeling, but times a million because everyone keeps coming up to you and asking you stupid fucking questions about your goddamn lumps. And like, well, do you think it might have been bug bites? Do you think that maybe, oh, oh, they're doing that? Yeah, bug bites don't do that. Yeah, I know. I talked to the doctor five minutes ago who said the same thing. Did you guys not talk to each other? Like the communication, it was so frustrating. Oh my God, everybody sucked. So now I'm frustrated. I'm just frustrated. And they keep saying the same, well, maybe it's monkeypox. It's not monkeypox. Okay, we're going to test for monkey. Okay, cool. Test for everything. I'm not even, the thing is, I'm frustrated, but it's also still kind of a joke to me because they're like, we're going to test you for literally everything. And I'm like, hey, look at me. I'm a, I'm a little test person. Like, they're going to test me for shit. And they're like, oh, we're going to we're going to go to the CDC and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, the CDC is going to know who I am. They're going to call it Kai's disease. Like, it's still a joke to me. For now. So they're doing, they're doing all these crazy tests. And I'm like, cool, when are we going to get these results? And they're like, oh, these results are going to take two days. These results are going to take two hours. These are going to take two minutes. Uh, the latest that you'll hear is like two days from now, you'll have all the answers. Okay, cool. So two days from now, I'll be at home and I'll get a phone call saying, hey, these are your test results. Got it. Awesome. Guess what? That's not what happened. Not at all. Not at all. So... You know, I'm just, I'm just kind of joking, laughing, listening to music, singing. I'm still in pain. Don't get me wrong. Like shit still hurts like a motherfucker. I still got to change all these bandages and put a bunch of ointment on shit. And my lady, I can't call her my lady. I feel like that would really piss her off. <laughs> 
I feel like that'd really piss her off. She's she's a fucking trooper and a half because she's over here helping me with this gross ass shit, which I was so, so religiously against in the first place because I didn't want any, like even my mom, my mom is the only possible person in this world that I'd ever be like, mommy, will you rub cream on my lump? Like literally my mom, that's it. And that's because she has put medication up my ass. Like that woman, I would trust her with my life. Um, duh obviously but nobody else nobody else has that but my mom wasn't here because she's an hour away so i had to rely on somebody else and i didn't like that but it's fine she was a trooper about it It it's all great anyway so at this point right things are things are starting to get worse nothing is getting better um i'm frustrated and i'm in pain and everything sucks and then and then Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. One, she doesn't listen to this, and two, nobody knows who she is, so I feel like if I say my lady, at least for now, it's fine, and then eventually I'll go back and take it back. But I just I just like that phrase, and I like the way that my voice sounds when I say it. So my lady... No, I'm just kidding. Okay, anyway, so... <laughs> so, she's like, I'm gonna go and get some stuff because you were here overnight. You're probably gonna be here tonight, two and I was like holy shit no way like am I gonna be here for two nights in a row like that's crazy oh my god she's like yeah so hell it could be three nights I said three nights whoa there's no way Plah, three ni-. so she's like I'm gonna go get some stuff I'm gonna go get like what you would need if you're gonna be in the hospital for a couple of days and I'm like cool I love that so she leaves to go get shit then she calls me I'm like hey what's up she says they won't let me back in I said Now, what? As she says, they will not let me back in. Now, here's the thing. Here's here's another detail that I forgot to fucking give you. Yes, I was laughing and joking, but I was in so much pain and also on some weird medications that I couldn't necessarily function like just 100%. Like I just wasn't full Kai mode, you know? So a lot of the communication went through her. Like my mom, she would, she couldn't come visit me. So she would ask questions. What do they have you on? What are they doing? What have they been saying? And I wasn't on my phone really throughout that entire time because I just didn't want to be lately. And I know you're not going to believe this because, um, well, okay. Side tangent. Somebody was talking shit about me one day about how I'm like on social media too much and how I post my life too much. And it irritated the fuck out of me because I was like, look, I think that other people's lives are literally so fascinating. And I listen to like strangers podcasts and I read random people's like Instagram captions. And I just really like hearing like average people's stories. So like, yeah, I post mine too, because maybe there's somebody else out there who's like me, who thinks the shit's interesting. We've been through this. I've said this so many times. So fuck you to that person. Um, But anyway, believe it or not, I'm not on my phone as much as you would think. Clearly, I haven't uploaded a podcast in like a month. I don't like half of these people. I have, I literally once a week, once, no, once every two weeks, maybe I'll go through like my inboxes and I'll like respond to messages because I just don't have time. Anyway, not the point. This is not me being like, oh, I'm so popular. I have to go through it. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I realize I'm coming off like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I don't like... I don't like texting anymore. I don't like typing. It's too much. It's a lot. I don't know. So my mom's asking me a lot of questions. Love her, but I don't want to do this right now. 
I just want to sit here and stare at Lord Ballington III as he stares back at me all lumpy and hurty, you know, like, I don't want to, oh, here's the update, I'm on this, and this is what it's for, and oh, let me look this up, and let me ask them what this, like, I just don't want to, I'm tired, ugh. So, my lady, no, I need to, I need to give her, like, a name or something. I don't, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to blow up her spot, so I ain't gonna do that. But anyway, she basically, I dubbed her my communication. I was like, listen, you have my mom's number. Please, God, if she asks any questions, will you answer them? Because I kind of low-key just want to sit here and like moan and groan and bitch because I'm like in pain and I don't want to have to stare at my phone with a migraine and tell her what's going on. Like, I just don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. And she's like, yeah, sure. So my mom's still asking me questions. I'm like, just ask her. Just ask her. She's she's my communications rep. She is my uh, PR team. I don't know. Whatever the fuck. Like, please refer to her for all of your future inquiries. I am not. I am not. I don't want to. I do, I'm not here. I was already low-key checked out at this point, but I was still trying to be in it. So anyway, then she goes and she gets the shit. And she calls me and she's like, Kai. And I'm like, yes. And she's like, they won't let me back in. And I'm like, excuse me? And she's like, they will not let me back in. I said, why will they not let you back in? And she said, well, apparently, because you're in isolation, you are probably very high risk, very contagious. And they don't want me um, to be in there with you. And I said, so let me get this straight. Put the lime in... No, okay. I said, let me get this straight. Let me get this gay. I said, so you who has been sleeping next to me for quite some time, every, every fucking, every, uh, every of the time, and have literally been in the hospital room with me overnight, they don't want you around me because I could possibly give this to you. And instead of you being in isolation with me because you have been around me, uh, you need to go out into the world. What? What, what the fuck? So anyway... My mom is like, well, fuck, like, she can't be alone in there. Like, she's, she's not, like, because my mom knows my tendencies. And if I, if I get overwhelmed, I will check out. Like, uh, fucking manual for Kai, uh, don't overwhelm me because I will be gone. <laughs> like, I cannot help it. That is, that's literally, oh, I'm in my big sad right now, by the way. Uh, shout out bipolar. So I've been kind of out of it for, like, the past three weeks. And it's gonna continue. Oh, thank you. Anyway, so... She's like, I'm not going to get any real answers out of Kai because she's not really functioning right now. You know, you were my only hope and now they're not going to let you back in. And she was like, yeah, nope, they're not going to let me back in. And I was like, this is goddamn horse cock. I hate this shit because now. Rude. Because now I have to navigate this alone and I don't have a PR team. Now I have to Google shit by myself. (laughs) But also like. I don't know. It was nice having somebody in there with me, I guess. But also, I will say, no offense. Please don't take offense. You're not listening to this. You're never going to listen to this. You don't listen to this. But if you ever do, please don't take offense to this. 
But I'm really glad that things happened the way that they did, and I spent the rest of my time in there alone because w- the the events that had followed that, I would not. I I had said I had said this to her afterwards. I was like, I would not have wanted you to be a part of what happened after you. If you saw half of the shit, it just it just wouldn't have been a good time. It wouldn't have been a good time. I was like, first of all, I would have kicked you out of the fucking room because I wouldn't have wanted you to see. We're we're gonna we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. That. So anyway. So they're not letting her back in. And I'm like, cool, I get to be alone as they poke and prod and ask stupid questions and this whole thing continues. But it's fine. It's fine. The thing is, I'm not super, super, super upset because I'm like, well, I'm an introvert. So like, isolation for like a couple of days, whatever. Like it doesn't, you know, it's fine because I still don't really realize the severity of the situation, I guess. Okay, so she's gone. And now they are going to perform a surgery of sorts on Bruce the OG lump the one that started it all also yeah there were things like cat scans and needle things and blah 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 but I'm not going to talk about those because they're not as important but basically the long short of that is there were a lot of tests that were done on me a lot but it's fine didn't really bother me it's kind of fascinating now after the surgery this was the pivotal moment after this every little thing did bother me a lot this was maybe day three or something. Um, they told me that they were going to cut into one of the OG lumps and extract whatever it was that they needed to extract. One, to test it, but two, to ease the pressure that was in my side. Because one thing that I forgot to mention is that there was so much pressure in this lump in my side. Like, okay, I don't know what it's like to give birth, obviously, but imagine a child's head is pushing its way out of not your vag, but your side, the side of your stomach. Like something is like trying so desperately to get out of your skin. And so when you walk or you sit or you lay or anything, you're holding on to your side because it feels like something is just pushing and pushing and pushing its way out of your skin constantly that was a constant feeling and it was excruciating oh my god there was never a time when I wasn't like holding my side just doubled over because it felt like my skin was breaking and something was trying to escape so they were like we're going to relieve this pressure and I was like splendid chapter something July 14th I'm about to have A mini surgery of sorts. Now, here's the thing. The two men doing my surgery told me that the things didn't look like abscesses. They didn't look infected. They didn't really look like anything. Just a couple of little lumps. And I said, okay, cool. Well, the infectious disease doctor and every fucking other person says that they look like infected, fucking lumpy, abscessy things. So, if you're the ones who are supposed to do my surgery of sorts comma, I feel like you should know what the fuck you're talking about. So that was frustrating because they were like, we don't even think we should have to do the surgery because this doesn't even look like a big deal. And I was like, okay, well, I I don't know what to say. Either do it or don't. Fucking whatever. So they come back and they're like, we're going to do the surgery. Begrudgingly so. And I'm like, all right, cool. So in my bed, 
because I'm in isolation. So they didn't take me to whatever OR or anything like that. You know, I guess it was just like a mini surgery or something. So they're like, we're just going to do it in your hospital bed. Just like right the fuck here in this room where you stand or lay, if you will, where you lay. We're just going to we're just going to do it here. I was like, all right, that's a little weird, but it's fine. So Joshua Crane and Logan Bond in the middle of the Norton Hospital here in lovely Louisville did the surgery. Now, now let me, now let me, let me back up for a minute, right? Let me back up. So they have this numbing shit, right? And they do this thing where they inject it and then they ask you if you feel when they like poke you with a needle or some shit, I don't know, to make sure that you're like numbed. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. So they apply the numbing shit or they inject it or whatever they do. I don't remember. I kind of blurred this whole thing out. And they asked me if I could feel everything. And I said, yes, I feel every single bit of that. And they said, yeah, you can still feel it. I said, yes, I can. After a couple seconds, they said, all right, how about that? I said, yep, I feel that too. They said, all right, let's start. I said, now hold, now hold on. Now halt production. Back it up. Back it in. Let me motherfucking begin. None of those were the lyrics to that song. And they were like, nope, we're going to go into the surgery. It's fine. So they're like scalpel or whatever the fuck. I don't know. And they just start cutting me. And I feel every bit of it. And I am already in excruciating motherfucking pain. And he says, Oh, darn, this utensil isn't working the way that it should. I think it's a little dull. Let me pull harder. Bro, first of all, motherfucker, how are you going to pull at my skin and rip it apart and then just be like, oh, LOL, guess I'll have to pull harder because it's dull. Maybe get a new instrument or something, anything, something. Oh my God. So at this point, I am already fucking screaming because I'm getting hacked at with a fucking straight razor i don't know i don't even know why i said straight razor that doesn't make sense <laughs> but um but um god damn it anyway so i'm already not having a grand time and while i am fucking screaming and saying like hey dudes um is there like numbing shit did you even do it like is this am i supposed to fucking be like this they just talk over me literally talk over me because I'm, I'm laying down, you know, and they're, and they're standing. So their faces are just above mine and they're just talking amongst themselves. Oh, oh, this, you got to do this right here. Oh, it's this step. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Then we do this. Just having a little, just having a conversation as I'm like hyperventilating and I'm like, hello, can anybody fucking hear me? Like, excuse, how, how is it? Right. Cause I'm like, n like I'm shaking, right? Hyperventilating whole nine yards. How are you doing a surgery on somebody who is quite literally spasming in every sense and, and you're just going to continue to cut? Like, don't you have to have someone still if you're going to do something like that? Wouldn't you want them to be still? And if you would, uh, wouldn't you, I don't know, maybe like actually numb them so that they don't feel every bit of it and then fucking spaz out because their body is like literally being tortured? Like, no part of this is making sense to me. I don't understand if this is normal or not, but I'm not having a fun time. I'm not having a great time at all. I'm like literally like I can't control anything that is happening. 
And this goes on for far too long. And I was like, can I at least pass out or die or something? Like, can something fucking happen? Because this isn't okay. And I'm tired of feeling every inch of this pain. And so then they start squeezing because there's, you know, there was pressure on my side. Obviously there was like pus or whatever it was that needed to come out. So they're squeezing the fuck. And then they're like, oh, I don't think the incision was long enough. Hey, will you hand me that broken ass tool again? Let me go ahead and start hacking again. And then squeezing again. And I'm literally a fucking wreck. Okay. I'm not a crier. But when I motherfucking tell you that I was riggedy, riggedy wrecked. Okay. So then they're like, we're just going to go ahead and stop. Because it doesn't really seem like she's having a grained time. So one of them has the audacity, the audacity to look at me and say, Hey, you doing all right? And I was like, seriously? And like, I, like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even like, no other words were in my brain. Like, and I'm looking back, I'm really upset. Cause I was like, I could have said anything. I could have said, fuck you. I could have said, go choke. <laughs> I don't know, something. I could have said anything to this man, but all I could muster was, seriously and then he just he was like yeah you're right I guess that was a dumb question and then as I'm still trying to control my breathing or literally anything they're just they're just washing their hands next to me one of them's in a sink next to me and the other one's using the sink in the other room they're just washing stuff off and just I swear one of them was humming a little tune I fucking swear while I'm over here trying to like hold my breath or something so I can stop whimpering like an abused child while they're just washing their utensils and shit like it was it was so it was so pathetic it made me feel so pathetic because an hour after they left, an hour after these two men were out of my room, I was still, I looked at my watch and I had seen how much time had gone and I still could not control my vocals from making those stupid ass crying noises and the fucking hyperventilate. Like I couldn't control any of it. And so a doctor came in and I was like, give me a fucking sedative or something because like I'm going to be doing this for at least another hour, because I've already been doing it for like an hour or two. And she was like, okay, well, we're not going to give you anything. We're just going to have you chill out here. And I was like, of course, because you guys are just so great at your fucking jobs. And then she looks at me and she looks at the bed and she says, hey, honey, you know, you didn't have to lie in a puddle of your own blood for two hours. You could have told us and we could have come in and changed your sheets. I said, I can't verbalize. I didn't say this because I was fucking not okay. But I was thinking, I can't do words right now. Can you not see that I visibly cannot think or speak right now? No, I couldn't call the call button and be like, excuse me. Hi, somebody mutilated my body and now I'm sitting here in a pool of my own blood. Could you please be so kind as to come and change the sheet? It's like, no, I was, I was fucking wrecked. Do not say, oh, you couldn't just ask us. We would change. Fuck you. Oh, I was livid. So anyway, that's why I had said to my partner, I was like, yeah, I'm really glad you weren't there for that because uh, what I don't need, it's bad enough that you had to see the lesions that were on my body. That's, that's not near as bad as seeing me in a state of just absolute not having a good time. You don't need to see that. You don't need, and of course, like, she's, you know, she's a real adult, 
who has like real adult brain. So she was like, I'm your partner and my job is to be there with, you know, thick and thin and all this shit. She doesn't talk like that. I'm very sorry. Um, but like, I don't think like that. You know, maybe someday I'll grow up and I'll think like that. But right now I'm just thinking, uh, you don't need to see me like that because I don't even want to see me like that. And I don't like the idea um, that you would see a side of me that isn't super cool. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, very glad she wasn't there for that because I don't know how she would have reacted to that. Um, and also, I just wouldn't have wanted her to see it. Sorry, you just you're you're going to have to wait at least seven months before you see me all teary eyed and shit. All right. Give it <laughs> give it some time. Wait for the paint to dry. Um, so that that was the turning point, um, because then everything after that became very, very, very painful. Every time they would draw blood, every time they would do literally anything, because because the blood drawing. Let's talk about the blood drawing for a minute. This is going to be a really long episode. I'm so sorry. Um, not a good storyteller. So none of them could ever find a vein. Every single time. And they took my blood every single day. They took my vitals every day. They drew my blood every day. They drew my blood to, like, I guess, test it and make sure that the... I don't know that I... Okay, so, like, the IV drip, like whatever medicine they were giving me that I can't remember the name of now, but I heard it so much when I was there, but I can't remember it now. Um, I guess if they gave me too much, it would be like toxic or something. So they had to take my blood every morning and make sure that like it wasn't at that toxic level so they could continue to give me like the medicine or something. Can you tell I know exactly what I'm talking about? Um, so, but every time they couldn't find a vein or, they would, they would nick the vein or the vein would roll. The vein would move. Where did the vein go? Like it was always a problem. So it always took three times as long as it should have for them to just take my blood. And you know, at first it was just an inconvenience, but something about that surgery, I guess like really did something to my head. And so this nurse came in and, you know, she was fumbling around and she nicked a vein and she, she did something. I don't even know. And she's digging around. She can't find it. She can't find it. And out of nowhere, I just start bawling. Like, I'm just bawling, okay? And I'm not somebody who's like, ah, needles. Like, that's really not me, but I could not fucking handle it. And she must have known. She did know. She did know what happened because apparently I was the talk of the town at that fucking hospital because for that night and the next night and the night after that, people came in and asked me if I was okay. And they were like, hey, we he I heard what happened. Blah, blah, blah. How are you doing? So, like, everybody knew what happened. Right. So anyway, she's taking the blood or trying to. She can't get the vein and I'm like bawling and she just looks up at me and she's like, are you traumatized? And I was just like. Yes, <laughs> apparently I fucking am. And so I fucking lost it. I lost it because I realized that like low-key lightweight that's what it was like everything after that was twice as hard because like I know that it sounds so dramatic like yeah, I was traumatized but like I fucking because that shit didn't bother me before like yeah it was inconvenient like oh they can't find the vein again but like this time it was like I could not I literally couldn't handle it I was like somebody fucking take me out with a goddamn big mac truck my brain, my brain was going to say the garage and I'm not, I refuse. Stop brain. Stop. Anyway. So I was like, yeah, I guess I fucking am. So I, anyway, eventually like she takes the blood, blah, blah, blah. Everything's all super stellar, right? Everything's copacetic. Everything's freaking delic. And so 
That's a lie. Nothing is copacetic, freakadelic. Everything sucks. <laughs> Everything is really bad. Everything's awful and I can't handle it. So then somebody else comes in immediately after her and is like, hey, we have to test you for fucking chicken pox or some shit. I was like, I'm sorry, what? They were like, yeah, chicken pox. I said, I am vaccinated for that shit. And they were like, okay, well, is it shingles? I was like, well, I don't have shingles. I never had chicken pox. And they was like, well, are you, well, we don't, you know, the vaccine doesn't work 100% of the time. So we still have to test you. And I was like, oh my God. And they were like, have you ever had chicken pox? And I was like, no, because I was fucking vaccinated. God damn. So they test me for chicken pox and monkey pox and goddamn Goldilocks and everything that they could possibly check me for. And then they have the nerve to look at me and say, I think we should test you for COVID. Why don't you just test? I thought you already tested me for everything. As a matter of fact, I know that you already tested me for monkeypox because you did that when I first came in, or at least that's what you told me. And you said that you were going to have the results two days ago. Where are those results? Where are any of my results? I've been here for three, four days and I haven't gotten a single test result because everyone keeps saying that the results haven't come in yet. So where are these results? And then, and oh, you know what I forgot? Let me let me rewind all the way back to not mid-July, but beginning of July, when I had gone to the urgent care for the third time. So the second time, the lady, she was like, we're going to test you for MRSA or staff or whatever, because I really, really think that that's what it is. So we're going to get the culture or whatever, you know, we're going to grab the fucking specimen or what, that's not what the phrase is, but we're going to, we're going to take your shit and we're going to test it. Right. So she took my shit. So when I come in the third time, I'm like, hey, what were the results from that second time? It was never tested. No. You know why I didn't get those test results? Because nothing ever happened. They were like, we don't even show that anything has been tested. So we're going to take a culture. So they did another one. And you know what? You know what day it is? August something. And I still haven't gotten the test results from that. So I'm never really going to know what the fuck this is. And that was from the urgent care. That was, that was all the way back then. So anyway, this is now mid-July. And they say that they've tested things. And I don't know where any of these tests are going. And I don't have the test results. And Norton can suck my dick. And everything is awful. Awful. Terrible, horrible, no good, very bad, not ideal. Right? Right? So then they come in and they're testing me for more shit and it's awful. So eventually I say to my loved ones, mainly the main three, right? Mom, friend, partner, just kind of that trio because they were the ones that I was updating. I basically said, hey guys, the past few days my body has gone through a lot and my mind simply cannot keep up. And I have decided that since I can't kill myself, uh, I'm going to just do it temporarily. And so from this point forward, for as long as I decide it's okay, I'm not a person. I do not exist. I am not a person. Don't try to contact me because you will not reach me. Uh, if you have any questions, talk to the hospital. Like, they will probably, because they're so good at communication, they will probably give you an update on how I am. But as far as I'm going, my phone doesn't exist. I don't exist. Bye. And I turn off my power button. And I don't exist. And I didn't know how long it was going to be. I honestly thought it was going to be a couple of days. Because usually, if something this lovely happens I do not exist for a couple of days and that's just fucking how it is and sorry um but after the 25th hour of my non-existence my brain was like Kai you need to call your mother 
<laughs> like, and I was like, no, I'm not done not being a person. And my brain was like, hey, listen, um, Mr. Brain is stepping in and we're going to put our foot down and you have to, you have to fucking turn your phone on and talk to your mother. Like, I don't give a fuck if you're ready or not. Here I come. Um, you can't hide. Fucking contact your mother. Right. So I turned my phone on and I have messages. <laughs> and normally when I do my, you know, radio silence thing, I don't like I, you know, I'll turn my phone back on. I'll have a couple of messages. I'll respond. Everything's like fine. And I'll kind of move on. This time was not like that. So I'm going through. Oh, there's also there's a group chat with me and my partner and my mom. And so I'm going through and I'm just looking at what's what's been happening in this group chat between the two of them while I have been absent. And it, it kind of made me laugh a little bit because I had sent that message to the group chat of me being like, hey, from this point forward, I'm not a person. Right. And so my mom was like, wait, like before you leave, will you please give like them permission to share the information with me? Which, of course, I would um, because like she's my mom. I tell her everything. She knows everything about me. Like, yeah. So they were like, they did come in. Like, I didn't see that message because my phone was off, but they came in and said, hey, your mother wanted to know if we were allowed to give her information about you. I said, yes, tell her everything she wants to know. Like, you, you are now taking the place of my partner. You are now going to give her all of the information she needs because I still don't want to do it. And this time it's even worse because I refuse to speak to anybody, <laughs> essentially. Um, so I, you know, I'm looking at these messages. I'm scrolling all the way up to where I'd sent that message. And it, it kind of made me laugh a little bit because my partner was like, God damn, she was quick with that power button, huh? Like, she wasn't fucking around. And apparently she had tried to call... She said later, she was like, I tried to call you, like, literally 30 seconds after you sent that message, and it went to voicemail. Did you... Like, you didn't even warn us. I said, that was the warning. I sent that message. She said, no. No, Kai, you gotta send that message. Give it at least 10 minutes for the grass to grow a little bit, and then maybe, we, you know give your mom the information or something tell me goodbye I don't know something no you just said yeet I said yeah that's what I do she said okay future reference we're gonna have to work on that we're gonna have to I said that's that's fair and she was like listen I try not to take it personally um because I'm an adult and I know that this has nothing to do with me but I'm also a human person and that hurt my feelings and I got confused and you you gotta you gotta communicate you can't just you can't just fucking drop off the side of the boat like that you can't and I was like okay that's fair I appreciate you communicating that with me I am learning more and more every day how to be a partner blah 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 so thanks anyway so my mom she took a different approach she was like don't you ever do that to me again don't you ever do that to me again <gasps> but the thing is that's how I cope. I've always done radio silence and she's never cared. And she was like, but you were in the hospital this time. It's different. And I was like, yeah, it's safer this time because like they will always tell you how I am, what they're doing, what kind of tests, you know, what state I'm in. Like when I'm at home and I'm doing my radio silence, you don't know what the fuck I could be up to. Uh, that did not make her feel better. <laughs> By the way, that did not make her feel better at all saying that. Um, anyway, but yeah, so I was like, I guess I'm back. Um, I don't super want to be, but like, hi, here I am. And um, spoke to my friend on the phone for like four or five hours um, because I was in isolation. So I, I was just 
I was stuck in a tiny room. I just want to talk about that for just a minute. I was stuck in a tiny room for like five days with nothing to do. And I don't watch TV. So that TV hadn't been on the entire time. I would just listen to the beeping of my IV drip and just stare at the glowing red from the call button that nobody answered. And then just look up at the wall for hours and hours and hours. And, um, Apparently that's a thing I do now because now I'm out of the hospital, but I'm in my, I wasn't in my big sad then, but I'm in my big sad now. And I still do that. I just stare at the wall for hours. That's like a thing that I picked up. I don't know if I picked that up from the hospital or if that has already been a thing, but I'm, I, I notice it now. I notice that I do that now. Uh, cause I did that at somebody else's house and it was embarrassing. But anyway, so let me adjust in my chair, get real comf. So at this point... My mom, you know, because I'm talking to people again, we're on the phone and she's like, you know what you need to do? Well, okay, let me talk, let me, let me mention this, right? My mommy and my partner, very great people. They came to my house while I was at the hospital and they helped me clean and they kind of demersified the house whilst I was rotting in my jail cell, right? So that was really cool. So I was on speaker as those two were in the house doing their house thing and my mom was like you need to make a playlist and I was like oh my god how have I not thought to make a playlist because that's what I do like if you know anything about me you know that I have a playlist for anything I'm not even going to get into the explanation of why I was floored that I had not yet thought to make a playlist this is why my mom is my best friend because she understands me. This is what we would do whenever we were in the waiting rooms together. Whenever we had to do anything, like, that wasn't very fun. If we were staying somewhere, like, we would just make playlists. So she was like, make a playlist. And so there's a playlist on my Spotify called MRSA that I will link in the description. <laughs> and here in a sec, I will go through and I will talk about every song on that playlist and why it's there. Um, because I'm a funny little bean and I like to be humorous. And so we were just giggling on the phone and picking songs for this playlist. And it gave me something to do. It gave me something to think about. It gave me something to smile about while I was dealing with all the shit that I was dealing with because everything was just increasingly more hard. And, you know, the very last day I had texted my partner and I was like, you're going to have to just come over here and take me home. Like, I'm going to check myself out. I'm not doing this anymore. They literally told me today that they didn't even test me for half of the shit that they were going to test me for. They don't like know where the things went. Like they lost the vials of blood or whatever. I don't even fuck. They were so unorganized. And I was like, I will, I refuse to be here for one more day because I will fucking not be okay. Like, I swear to God, I swear to God, you have to get me out of here. And then that day, because the universe knew I wasn't fucking around, that day they were like, hey, you can go home. And I was like, really? And they were, so, so, so I've been in isolation this entire time. And now I can just go. Like now I can, I can just leave. Like not only, cause at first they were like, hey, they might take you out of restriction and you can have visitors. And then an hour later they were like, yeah, you can go home. And I was like, okay, so what is it then? If I can go home you know, I'm not like contagious or whatever. They were like, oh yeah, it's not monkeypox. It's not chickenpox. You don't have COVID, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, what is it? And they were like, we're pretty sure it's MRSA. I said, you're pretty sure after all this, you know what? That's fine. I'll take pretty sure. 
the second urgent care visit gave me that same answer. We're pretty sure it's MRSA. That's fine. Whatever. Fuck it. So then I'm getting all my shit packed, right? Because I'm going to go home today. Like, I'm, I'm going to go home and it's cool. So I've got all my stuff and a nurse comes in and I'm like, hey, you know, I, I don't know how to be an adult yet. So you're going to have to walk me through it. Like, do I need like release papers or some shit? Because like, do I get like a stamp on my forehead that says I got out for good behavior? Like, what do I do as part of the checkout process? She says, all right, hold on. I'll get somebody to come like have your like paperwork or whatever your release forms or whatever the fuck. So then somebody else comes in and goes, um, so we heard something about you wanting to go home. And I was like, well, yeah, I was told that I was going to be discharged. And she was like, wait, what? Well, well, we didn't hear anything about that. We just thought that you just got frustrated and you wanted to go home and we were going to figure out what to do for you. I have your next IV drip right here. I said, well, I, they told me I was going home, which is why I have my clothes on and my bag packed. What? Am I going home or am I not? So my mom was like, I told her, right? I was like, I'm going home. And she's like, okay, I'm going to come see you. Now she lives an hour away. She was like, you might want to call your partner, have her come pick you up. I said, uh, she's at work and I'm not going to bug her. So will you come? And she was like, okay, but it'll be at least an hour. I said, that's fine. It's going to take them at least two hours to get their shit together. And I was right. I was right. So by the time my mom got there, I was like, oh, they still don't know if I'm even leaving yet. They're still talking amongst themselves trying to figure out what to do with me because one person said I could go home and the other two didn't know. And then there's like, I, <laughs> so I was like, at this point, you're already here, which is cool. Um, ask them if I'm at least off of restriction. Like, is there any progress being made? So eventually my mom comes up and she gives me a hug and I'm like, mom, like you're the first face I've seen in so long. Um, and then, yeah, they're like, you can go home. You're totally fine. So I'm like, cool, I'm taking all these band-aids. Um, so I took all the band-aids, um, which I found out is cool because if I didn't take all the band-aids, they were just going to throw them away because they can't keep them in there for the next patient. Like anything that was in that room has to just be thrown away. So that was really cool because they had these really cool band-aids um, that I'm going to try to like buy more of if I can find them just because they were really fancy band-aids and I really liked them. It was like Christmas morning. I got to take all these really cool band-aids. I'm so boring. Anyway... So, MRSA playlist made, get to see my mom, I get to go the motherfuck home. So I leave this place with billions of holes, more holes in my body. Oh, oh, that was another thing, right? The IV drip, five different areas in my body, five different areas, because it kept like a blame, a blame, a vein would like blow out or the spot would get so sore and something would happen or the IV just wouldn't last because it would start like hanging out or rejecting or I don't know how that shit works. So they had to put it in five different places throughout the duration of like a three day period. So I have so many holes looking like SpongeBob from where they were trying to find a vein to draw blood and then where they were putting the IV because they were there was because they couldn't they couldn't get the blood out of the IV one because I guess that's something that like they can normally just take the like, you know, from the IV thing. They couldn't do that for some reason. It's like they couldn't get any blood from it. So they had to take blood from one place and put the IV in another one and then move the IV and then do it was fucking insane. So anyway, 
body full of bullet holes and fucking cool new band-aids and a bit of trauma and I did make a friend I made a friend here's the thing though I will say this I will say I made a friend one of the super nice nurses who would come in in the mornings and take my vitals every day. She was the reason I smiled every day. She would come in and she would tell me her story. And I was like, you're such a fucking badass. And I just, you know, I hope someone tells you at some point today that you're fucking cool and hard to be respected. Blah, blah, blah. So then she was like, hey, you want to feel this screw in my foot? And I was like, yes, I fucking do. And then she was like, oh, I got to go take care of these people. But like, and I was like, well, no, I said something like, I don't know what I'm going to get out of here, but I think it's going to be soon. So if I don't get to see you again, I just want to tell you that you're fucking great. And she was like, oh, you're definitely going to see me again. Don't worry about that. And you know, I'll give you some way to contact me. Anyway, I never saw her again because the next day I was like, hey, what happened to this nurse? And they were like, oh, she got moved up to a different unit. So she's not going to be here. And I was like, but I'm leaving. And I was like, sad. I was like, God damn it. I wanted to. And I was like, well, I'm really glad I got to tell her that goodbye just in case. Anyway, even though like we really thought we were going to see each other again. So I was like bummed the car ride home. My mom was like, you're out, you're free. And I was like, yeah, but like, this sounds so stupid, but like, I was going to make a friend. Like I made a friend. And like, I was like, is it weird that I'm like super fucking bummed that like, it was, it was like, a goodbye but it wasn't like a proper goodbye because like we were like yeah we're gonna see each other again tomorrow and then we didn't get to see each other and it's like I'll never get to hear how her story pans out I'll never get to hear what happens with this event that's coming up like I'll never I'll never know like it's, it's so stupid and it makes me sound so creepy but I was just like I just really wanted I don't know I don't know it was weird I was being weird anyway she found me on Facebook and she sent me a friend request and now we're friends on Facebook and we talk and I have a friend that I met at the hospital while I was being tortured. And I just think that that's really cool. I think that that's so cool. I don't know. There, there were good things. Um, so now I have a funky playlist and a new friend. Um, so yeah. <laughs> oh, I was also put on the same antibiotics. Uh, that the second lady from the urgent care had given me. So basically, none of this was really necessary, I guess. Um, except for the, that lady, she had looked at me, she had said it was probably MRSA, she had given me some antibiotics, but she never actually tested me. But I don't think these people ever actually tested me either. So essentially, this whole ER trip was just the second urgent care trip, but, like, expanded. And with a little bit more torture. Although, I will say to um logan and uh what the fuck was the other guy's name justin or something michael what the fuck was his name joshua that to to logan and joshua um you must have done something right at least a little bit because there is no more insane pressure on my side so the the cutting and the hacking and the squeezing although it was unnecessarily painful um it did end up relieving the pressure so I guess thank you for that. Ooh, let me back up again because I forgot to mention something, right? The next day, the doctor had informed me, right, that because the skin in that area was so inflamed and sore and just like already in bad shape, the numbing shit doesn't work on stuff like that anyway. Like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it the way she did, obviously, because I'm fucking, I don't even, I'm not even in college, but like, 
this basically what she was saying was that I was doomed from the start. Like my skin was already in such bad shape that the numbing shit just wasn't going to work. So they humored me. I guess she was like, they didn't tell you that. I said, no, they did not tell me, Hey, uh, this numbing shit isn't even going to work and you're going to feel every bit of it, but we're going to inject you with it anyway. And then ask you if you can feel it only so that we can continue to do a surgery. No, they didn't tell me that. They didn't tell me that at all. They knew that they knew that it wasn't even going to work. But so, so did they think that what, what was the point? What was the point in that? I, I was baffled. I was baffled. She was like, yeah, I'm sorry they didn't tell you that the numbing shit wasn't going to work anyway. I said, then why even use it? Why didn't you just put me to sleep through it then? And she was like, well, because it was a minor surgery. Like, we don't like to put people under unless it's like a big deal surgery. I said, okay, well, listen. Fuck you. Oh, oh, because, and the reason I said that was because she was like, we're going to do it again. We're going to do another surgery like that, but this time we're going to do it on your back. I said, no, you're fucking not. I refuse. She said, well, it's going to be a great idea for us to do this surgery on this part, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, just like the one last time. No. I said, if you're going to do anything like that to me ever again, you're putting me under. And that's when she was like, well, we don't really put people under unless it's a big... I said, you either put me under or you're not fucking touching me. Because I will never go through that again. Here's the thing that you don't really know about me. Every surgery I've ever gotten has gone just like that, actually. I don't know if numbing stuff just doesn't work on me anyway, but I have so many memories of me making it very clear to whoever was doing whatever thing they were performing that I was in immense pain and I was not okay and being blatantly ignored. I have a lot of those stories. So um, next time I, you better, you better hope that I don't ever need a surgery again because I'm just not going to do it. Like real talk <laughs> I'm just gonna fucking die. I don't give a fuck. Like, and I told my mom that. I told my partner that. I was like, here's the thing. This is the fifth time that I have made it clear to a doctor or a surgeon or whoever that I was not okay. And they looked dead at me and then just ignored me. Like, I'm not even a person. So, no, I will never go through something like this. You better fucking hope that I am just healthy as a clam from this point until the rest of time because I'm not doing it. So yeah, I was like, put me under or don't touch me. And she was like, well, we don't like putting people under. I said, okay, then you're not going to fucking touch me. And those two dudes, they don't ever get to come near me again or I'll murk everybody. I didn't say that. That's terroristic threatening. I didn't tell anybody that I was going to murk them. <laughs> let me, let me go ahead and put that out there right now. Um, but yeah, no, that I, I had forgotten to mention that and that's a big deal and I feel like I'm gonna I feel like the description of this is gonna be me just adding bits and pieces like oh I forgot to mention this when I was telling the story I should have done like bullet points or something like I should have like I should have had this in like a like an outline or something but I didn't Clearly, my memory of the situation is, like, jumbled, and this episode is jumbled, and I'm very sorry, and if you actually listen to this, that's really cool. If you didn't, I'm not gonna take it personally. But anyway, that's where I've been, um, for the month. I have been dealing with MRSA. Um, if you, uh, if you haven't seen Goofy Murder Trials, 
Go on YouTube and look it up. It's a video in which Goofy is accused of murder, and he is in a courtroom pleading his case. And it is very important that you watch that video. Um, because there... Because. All right, anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, the playlist. Let me explain the... <laughs> Let me explain the playlist, and then I'll get out of here, and you can go back to doing whatever you were doing. All right, song one, nine to five, Dolly Parton. Uh, basically, I'm just living, right? That's how the story starts. I'm just kind of going through my day. Second song, Manic Monday, same thing. Really, the point that was supposed to be driven here was just, I'm, I'm just living. Third song, Down with the Sickness. Um, because I was coming down with a sickness. Holy shit, isn't that, isn't that fucking groundbreaking anyway crawling lincoln park because for days and days and days it felt like something was just crawling under my skin and trying to get out um and a lot of these songs obviously the songs aren't about what i made them about so like if you're like well that song's actually about heartbreak or whatever fuck you that's not the point anyway so the next song was love bites (laughs) and that was just because i thought that they were bug bites and i thought it was funny the next song is you guessed it my humps for obvious reasons, come on, come on, you best believe I was blaring my humps the entire time, even before, like, I, mm, come on, duh, like, let's, let's be, okay, anyway, the next song is The Humpty Dance, for obvious fucking reasons, don't even look at me like that, shut up, don't look at me like that, do the Humpty Hump, all right, come on, come on, anyway, next is I'm So Sick by Flyleaf, because I was in fact so sick. Uh, the next one is hot blooded because, uh, I was feeling feverish. Ooh, ooh. Um, I did end up having a fever when I was at the hospital. I don't know if maybe they just have thermometers that actually work or what, but they were like, oh yeah, you're like at 103. And I was like, I knew I had a fucking fever. My thermometers at home just fucking hate me. Anyway, so hot blooded was on there. Um, next is hospital by the used because I was in fact in a hospital. Uh, the one after that was just the two of us because for a while it was just me and my partner in the hospital room and she had to deal with a lot. She didn't have to deal with anything. Let me not say that. She dealt with a lot of my shit when she could have been doing other things. And I think that there's something to be said for that. Um, yeah, so there was that. There was just, there was just the two of us. Um, anyway, so then the next one was... She's gone because <laughs> because they wouldn't let her come back. Uh, so, you know. Yeah, so she's gone by Hollow Notes, right? Because we love Hollow Notes. Uh, the next one was Heart Attack by Trey Songs. Um, and this is one where you're probably like, eh, this song's actually about heartbreak. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I just had it on here because I was like, I was just being dramatic. A lot of this playlist you'll see is just me being really dramatic and over the top because I thought it was just funny as shit. But also this shit was some of the worst pain that I've ever had. Like, old Trey, Trey here knew what the fuck he was talking about. I was like, I didn't know anything could hurt this fucking bad. <laughs> like, this shit sucks. And then the next song is comes and goes in waves uh which is the best song ever it is my favorite song um 
I have sent this song to so many people because it's just such a great fucking song. But anyway, it comes and goes in waves because when they would ask me about the pain, uh, at first it was constant, but then it would get a little bit better with the medications. So I would just say that it comes and goes in waves. And then every time I'd say that, I would be like, oh, what a good song. Anyway, so the next one was Ain't No Sunshine um, because she was gone. (laughs) And then Lonely by Akon because I was in fact lonely. And then Lonely by Justin Bieber. I actually don't listen to the song. I don't like it, but it's really funny. I don't know what it was, but something in me was like, hey, play this song. And now I I don't want to say I like it, but it reminds me of this situation and the hospital and the playlist and the funny. I don't know. It's funny now. So I like there's a, there's a place in my heart for it now. Anyway, so that's, you know, Lonely. And then Lovely. By Billie Eilish. Um, I can't remember why I put this one in here. This might have been when I was in my radio silence. I can't remember why I put this one on here, but I know there was a reason. Um, Was it because they were tearing me to pieces? Skin to bone? (laughs) What was it? What was the reason? I don't know. Um, And then here's me being dramatic again. Here without you, baby. Um, (laughs) By Three Doors Down. Because I was there without everybody really and then locked up by akon because i was in fact locked up um this one i listened to this one like seven fucking times i swear to god locked up was my theme song locked up and my humps were like the two um and then late night talking by harry styles because this is one that my partner had sent to me and i was like yeah i'll put it on the playlist fuck it Uh, she didn't send it to me for the playlist she sent it to me when i was like before I had even gone to the ER and I was just feeling like shit. And she was like, hey, listen to this song. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, anyway, so yeah, I put it in there because like she was like a pretty instrumental part in this whole situation. So then I have In a Little While by Uncle Cracker because I'm fucking funny and you know I'm funny and shut the hell up. Why? Because something is wrong here and I don't belong here. Like, I, it, whatever. Anyway, so then we have Hanging Around by Counting Crows uh, because I had been bumming around this whole town for way too long. Um, and then we have <laughs> Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz because I wanted to get away. And then we had Bleeding Love because they cut me open and I just kept bleeding. <laughs> Thank you, Leona Lewis. Next up, we have Watch Me Bleed by Scaring Kids. Scary Kids, Scaring Kids, my bad, because um, they watched my colors fade out and they watched me bleed. I'm an emo sack of shit. Anyway, then I had Drift Away by Uncle Cracker because what did I do after that experience? I just drifted away. Yes, I did. Where's my mind is the next one. Guess what? I don't know where my mind went, but it was gone. The next one was Hey Mrs. Potter, or what's it actually called? Mr. Mrs. Potter's Lullaby by Counting Crows. My mom suggested this one because she was like, the whole time I was just like, won't you, ah! excuse me, the whole time she was like, won't you talk to me? And I was like, sorry, my phone was off. And that was heartbreaking. I called her and she was like, you didn't fucking talk to me for a whole day. God damn it. Anyway, so then the one after that was Give Me a Sign by Breaking Benjamin. Um... Because forever and ever, the scars will remain. (laughs) Um, And I'm actually really upset about that. I'm not going to lie. My body looks disgusting and I want to fucking rip it off. But it's cool. We're not going to talk about that right now. It's fine. Then we have Unwell by Matchbox 20. Um, You know what I was going to say, right? 
You know what I was going to say, right? Because I was in fact unwell. <laughs> I'm so funny. Anyway, then we have Coffee by Biba Dobie because my, I keep wanting to say my lady, but I know she'd fucking hate that shit. Um, she would order me coffee from like Starbucks and shit because I was sad. And so she would like send me like coffee and the nurse would come in and bring me like little coffees and they would have little messages that were like, hey, like hope you're doing okay today and I just thought that was really sweet so I have that one on here and then right under that I have deathbed um which samples the Biba Dobie song because I was on my deathbed <laughs> I wasn't on my deathbed but still I thought it was funny then we have waiting on the world to change by John Mayer because I was just fucking waiting I was just fucking waiting for something I was waiting for literally any kind of progress and I just wasn't getting it uh then we have be my escape by Reliant K, which is what I was just so rudely interrupted by and this one because I just needed to get out of there I just needed to get out of there. Um, and then we have good news because I just needed some good news, baby. Give it to me. Uh, and then we have Hospital Flowers by Owl City because I was in the hospital and also Owl City has to be on at least every single one of my playlists. Anyway, so that's my MRSA playlist. I thought it was funny. I don't know. You might not really be as amused as I was, but I thought it was funny. Anyway, this has already been a very long episode and it has just been me talking and talking and talking. So I'm, I'm gonna go, but you know the drill. I'm not gonna just let you fucking leave here without hearing a fire ass joke. So here goes. Why did the sheet music feel like absolute fucking garbage? Because it had a staff and- <laughs>